Lisa and I welcome Sierra Sill to our podcast. Got a grumpy old man in your life? Change that. Okay, not that way. <laughs> Sierra Sill Natural Mineral Joint Pain Relief with a money back guarantee at Shoppers, London Drugs, and the best health food stores. Head over to sierrasill.com, S I E R R A S I L.com. Use your code GF and get 10% off your purchase. Here we are again. It must be Thursday. <laughs> and this is episode 16 of Gracefully and Frankly. Hi there. I'm Lisa Brandt. I'm Erin Davis, and we are delighted to be back with you. Although, right now, I'm in a hotel room recording this. The details on that a little later on, but gee, it's been a whirlwind trip. And Lisa, thank you for welcoming me back to Southern Ontario with such spectacular weather. <laughs> I wish I had something to do with it, but it was amazing and short-lived. And also the earthquake that went through the media world in Toronto while you were here as well. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that either but yes <laughs> to be in the ctv building like within an hour of marilyn dennis announcing that her show after 13 years she would stop producing new episodes as of june we're going to talk about that because i was on the social the day that marilyn made her announcement and i just missed her i would have loved to have hugged her in the parking lot also, we're going to talk about retirement when you leave the big job and whether it's all or nothing or keeping your toes in it or needing to do something that matters to you. I don't ever see myself retiring. Part of that's because I need the money. <laughs> like, you know, that's right. Is this where we mention Envy Pillow? Because we want to thank Envy Pillow for sponsoring our podcast. Gracefully and frankly, they have been with us from the jump. And we are so grateful because both of us are users of this pillow and have been long before they said, hey, you guys, you're going to be doing gracefully and frankly, how would you like a sponsor? We love you. And we're glad that you give our listeners 10% off just using the code GF. Lisa, I have to tell you, a friend of ours is in the hospital and we went in to visit him last week, walked in and there it was, the silk pillowcase. His head is under an envy pillow. <sighs> oh, It warmed my heart to know that his wife is just taking care of him that way, the best way that she can. And Really, it's just one of the many, many ways that Envy Pillow can help you. And thank you again to Kathy and Kim for doing what you can for so many people. We are so grateful. And we're going to kick this off in just a second. I tell you, Lisa, start your engine, but why are they so loud? We'll get to that a little bit later, too. <sighs> I'm going to have to post a picture of the glamorous studio setup I have here in the Weston Hotel in Ottawa, Lisa. It's really something you wish you were here, I know. <laughs> well, you built me something that's probably similar. Remember we were out at that house? In Salt Spring Island at Pooh Corners. Yeah, we were right next to the septic tank and it was the end of the season. <laughs> and then it turned out that the job wasn't for me after all. They sent it to the wrong person. But it was a lovely cushioned studio you built for me. So I get it. Ah, yes. Now that was the one where they got you and they said, well, what happened to your Australian accent? That's right. And I'm like, I've never been Australian. But... Yeah, but they did pay you for the session. Yes, they did. I, however, got nothing for setting up that studio for you. Not a thing. No, you no. know, it's always the people behind the people that are just there, wind beneath your wings, but they never get the perks. No, that's true. And part of my job was keeping the wolf spider away from you. I was there with my torch and my spear and I kept her protected. It's true. We don't usually talk about your biggest fear uh, on this podcast. 
No, but if I didn't have a worry that I would just scare everybody away, I do have pictures of that spider. Nobody believes me until I show them the picture and they go, oh, yeah, it is the size of your hand. Yeah, it was. Well, we showed him. We ran around naked and we never saw him again. Poor little thing. Jeez. (laughs) Well, didn't I come to Toronto at just the right time for huge TV news to break? And I was at CTV the day that the announcement was made. Right. So Marilyn Dennis is leaving her TV show in Toronto, but keeping the radio show, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if it was me, i totally go opposite. I would go to the one that gave me sleep. I mean, she rules the morning ratings roost and has for years and years. And, and I totally get keeping the radio gig, but man, I would have... I would have gone for the TV part, but hey, nobody asked me. (laughs) They never did. (laughs) You know, the first person I thought that would do a great job of that show is you. Nah, no. But, you know, you're on the wrong side of the country for that. Oh, right. And the wrong side of 40. Let's be honest about that. I mean, Marilyn is ageless, of course, and she's been doing the TV show for 13 years and the radio show for 30 at least. But yeah, my time has passed and I'm very happy to do stuff on stage and stuff like this with you. I just love it. Well, me too. But speaking of Marilyn, I understand keeping the radio show just from an income point of view because she's been there forever and that's got to be her cash cow. But I also don't understand just not walking away at a certain time. I'm sure she gets joy out of it and a sense of purpose. I hope. Oh, she'd have to. And the connection with listeners. I mean, that is what Mike and I missed the most. We spent the weekend together, as people may have seen on my video journal back on Monday, and we just had so many laughs. Your name came up because, of course, Lisa would come in and do news on our show occasionally, more the previous co-host. But yeah, Mike and I and Ian, the general, MacArthur, mm. it was such a contrast because on one hand, you've got Ian and Mike who are really really embracing retirement. Ian didn't have a choice. They just moved in a different direction with a new show and a new boss and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? He saw it as a gift. He saw the co-host who helped me decide to leave radio. He saw that as a gift. And Cooper is just like, you know what? I had the best of times. I robbed the bank while there was still money in it. It's all good. You know, Mm. that's one way to really embrace retirement. And then there's people, and I don't want to speak for you, but me, I can't stop. I won't stop. Jennifer Valentine, who was turfed from BT and then uh, found herself in a hugely toxic radio show environment that she helped blow open for the world to see. Mm. She and I went for lunch last week and she said, you know me, I'm I'm a workaholic. I'm never going to stop. So she puts out all of this content, whether it's a movie that she's seen that people want promoted or a recipe or whatever she's doing, even a podcast with her daughter, Georgia. So she won't stop. Where are you in all this, Lisa? Derek and I, since we started doing voiceover full time, and I do some writing too, but we both realized, A, we need to keep working to a certain extent. We don't have pensions. We don't have any of that stuff. And the other thing is what we do is kind of ageless because you can age into another demographic in voiceover, which I am I find myself starting to do now. My voice is just sounding a little bit different. So we both really enjoy it. And it ebbs and flows. We still have the freedom to do things we want to do. So we're going to continue doing it until we can't or life tells us we can't. 
Hmm. Do you think you will ever retire, retire? Ooh, that is a good question. I mean, as we're... It's hard to know, right? It really is. Part of it is the work ethic that says if you turn things down, it'll never come again, right? We all have that fear. Mm. But so much of it gives me joy. I mean, to be putting on the makeup and the lashes and the contacts and the dress, remembering that part of my life that I love. I love, love, love emceeing, keynote speaking, being on stage connecting with people. I miss that most about radio and love it most about this podcast. So me too. I don't know. Yeah. That took a little bit of time there, Lisa. Do you want do you want us to edit it in so you say me too faster? (laughs) 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 Me too. Uh, Oh me too. No, uh and I know you do. I know I'm teasing. I don't think I can ever stop the connection with the people who write on social media or who let us spend their mornings with us. It's just, oh, it means the world to me. And these are the people who saved me when Lauren died. They saved me and Rob. They wrapped their arms around us. They told us it was going to be okay. They did the same for Mike when Debbie was ill. And he left radio to tend to Debbie before stage four colon cancer claimed her life. But these people we owe so much to, and I'm just not ready to say goodbye. It's as selfish for me as it is selfless. It's probably more for me. It's difficult to look down the road, too, because we don't know what's coming, what's going to happen in our lives. Hey, I could win the hospital home lottery here, and and who knows? So it's difficult to really predict. But those people also saved you when you were fired from Rogers before you were brought back, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's 20 years ago this June. I can't even believe it that that happened 20 years ago. I know. You know what's funny? What? I got a whole bunch of old VHS tapes digitized, and I was looking through them, and I have the entire Women of Influence lunch where you (gasps) were the Woman of Influence. Oh, wow. Now, do you have that on tape? No, I do not. No. Well, I do. Wow. Yes. And you introduced me for that. Yeah, I did. I remember us riding to the event with Rob in uh, the driver's seat and one of your sisters in the back seat with me. I remember it clearly. Yeah. But we look so young. We look like babies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We thought we were older then. I mean, we thought, uh uh-oh, we're getting aged out of radio then. And that really worried me. And and I know for a time it worried Marilyn, too, because we would both, you know, while we were getting our coffees at some event, say, oh, it's coming. We know it's coming. But you know what? More power to her. She did what I always hoped to do, which was be like one of the old guys in radio and and basically go face first in your granola on the air. But she's doing things at her own pace. She's leaving television when she wants to, we assume. And she's going back to the show on Chum and just living her best life and more power to her always, always. She's such a gracious, supportive, and wonderful person. And we only wish Marilyn Dennis the best, always. Absolutely. And I think she said a few times, it really is my decision, really, because everybody's looking for something, what's behind the curtain. But it's wonderful to see a woman in control of her career in broadcasting. There aren't that many anymore. Mm-mm.
Well, we're talking about rebirth, the weather. Now, we want to apologize to our listeners across the country, and we know that there are lots of new ones. Thank you to the social bump, because I mentioned it on CTV a week ago today. But we do see where you're listening. A majority of our listeners to Gracefully and Frankly, to Lisa and me, are in Southern Ontario. But oh my gosh, the weather last week, 28, 29, unbelievable. It was so good for the soul. I'm not a hot sunshine kind of person, as you know, although I love the warmth. But just getting out and just seeing people, it kind of felt like we were coming out of our burrows. <laughs> and it happened so fast. Like Derek said to me, my husband, does this happen every year where we get a day or two of sunshine and all of a sudden there's buds on everything? Mm-hmm. Like everything just seemed to happen so fast. Yeah. And I was thinking of him the very first day that it was warm and we were in the GTA and I thought, oh, Derek, I bet you're out on your motorcycle. Stay safe, friends. Stay safe. And then I saw you tweet about something like that the next day. Yeah, he had gone a couple days in a row. He had some things to do and and went on his bike. And he bought a different bike over the winter. He bought a Harley again, which he missed his old Harley. He had a Yamaha, which he really liked, but did not love. And so he's got this Harley he's been going out and checking on all winter to make sure it's comfortable. (laughs) And... (laughs) And he got out on it a couple of days in a row. And then on the weekend, we went for a ride with some friends to a a nearby town and grabbed some lunch. And just, oh, it was just sensational. It was just wonderful. Just the feeling of freedom and feeling like we could breathe again. Of course, being Canadians, we know what this is like. Uh, You don't have it as dramatically in Victoria, B.C. now, but here the winters can still be awfully brutal. Yeah, you never know what's around the corner, especially in April. But tell me, you said we went for a ride. Were you riding your own bike? You you got rid of that, didn't you? I did get rid of it. I, you know, talking about morning radio hours, I sort of zoned out one day when I was riding my bike and I loved my bike. This thing was beautiful. I loved it. I felt like it was a part of me when I was riding, but I, I would kind of zone out. I wasn't sleeping very well. And I almost got hit by a car, which would have been my fault, but it wouldn't have mattered because I would have been dead. So I got home and it had rattled me so bad. It rattled the guy in the car too, but I took off like lightning (laughs) and just decided it wasn't worth the risk to me or to anyone else that I'd felt kind of like this before. And you have to concentrate so hard when you're on a bike. It's not like riding in a car or another vehicle. You have no metal around you. You have to think for everybody on the road. You have to hold it up when you stop at a light. Mm. There's just so much more to it, right? It's quite tiring and draining. And uh, I didn't feel I was up to the task. So now I'm I'm a passenger and I'm quite happy to be that. I'll have my M license forever. And I could always get another one again, but uh, I might get a trike one day. Oh, that'd be cool. We see a lot of those in Arizona. Yeah. And I've I've sort of thought about it, but it's nothing I really want right now. So for now, I'm, I'm a passenger. So the Lisa M. Brandt in your email, the M stands for your license. I didn't know that. You see, <laughs> see the things that you learn on this podcast. Now, I have to ask you, that was surprising to me for you to say that riding a bike is tiring because as someone I've only ever passed injured uh, when Rob rode a nice, quiet bike. I will say that. Mm-hmm. And of course, in a car, easy peasy. I can play my video poker on my phone while Rob's figuring everything out. But why is it tiring to ride a bike? Now, I get that. 
holding it up at lights and stuff. But why is it tiring? Is it mentally exhausting or physically? It's mentally exhausting because the way you ride, I mean, you do this in a car without thinking. You sort of, you're, you have eye lead and you go where your eyes go and, and you're looking around. But on a bike, without having any metal around you, you have to know where everybody is mm-hmm. even more so and also just expect them to do the wrong thing. So you're constantly thinking of evasive action you can take, making sure that someone isn't too close to you, just to such a high degree compared to what it is in a car. You're so vulnerable, you know, even the the guys with the ape hanger handlebars who are riding to Dover on the weekend who look like they're too cool for school. That's how they're riding because they're just as vulnerable as the rest of us. So it's mentally exhausting. It really is. I think the longest ride we did when I was riding my own bike was four hours somewhere and four hours back. And I remember us getting to our front lawn and I put my bike on my kickstand and just laid on the lawn like I just had nothing left. Absolutely nothing. It takes a lot out of you. Is it comfortable to have your hands up in the air like some of those ape hanger, you call them? And I didn't say it in case it's an insult. Don't come after me. But no, if you're, if you're. No, that's what they're called. Okay, I didn't no, know. No, that's really what they're called. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Is that uncomfortable? Because it looks really uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable. Okay, why then? I don't know. It's like, why do some guys say loud pipes save lives while the rest of us are plugging their ears? I have no idea. Because when you think about your hands being up that high and trying to turn, forget about it. I don't know if they think it's a different level of skill or whatever, but it's not easy. And I I just personally, I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's the easy rider look, right? Is that what yeah. everybody's going for when they got their hands up in the air? Yeah. Like they just don't care. Okay, <laughs> you brought it up. You brought up the thing about the loud bikes. I've had this discussion with a family member who used to ride and, and I just, I, you know, I used to live at Bloor and Jarvis. Oh my God, they were canyons of sound and it'd be two in the morning and you've got this horrific noise waking you out of what is already too short of sleep. It happens downtown here at hotels. No matter what city you're in, there's somebody going by who is just, and it's a loud, cracking sound. It makes car alarms go off. It, you don't know what? Tell me again how that's supposed to be acceptable and why it's even allowed. I don't know why. Because cops ride Harleys, that's the story I've been told. Oh, I haven't heard that one. I do know that... I mean, one of the guys we rode with on the weekend said, oh, you have to be heard. And I said, you have to be seen. You don't have to be heard as much as you have to be seen. I had a black motorcycle, black boots, black gloves. I wore a red jacket. And you could see the difference when somebody would catch my eye and they would, you would know they saw you. I don't get the loud thing. This bike that Derek has, I have to tell you, Aaron, it's the loudest one he's ever had. Mm. And I've said to him, I really want you to do something about that. He's very careful. He doesn't leave it idling. He, if he starts it up, he's gone. But I used, when I lived in Burlington, there was a guy next door whose girlfriend had a bike and she would start it up and sit it between our houses idling for 15 minutes. Mm. And now that I'm a bike owner, I know, or since I have been a bike owner, I know that that is not necessary in any stretch of the world. So I don't know what it is, an attention getting thing or honestly, if somebody knows, I'd love to know. Yeah, it's it's just part of the culture. And those of us who don't like it are quote unquote Karen. So 
Well, I don't like it either, and I love the motorcycle. The Honda that I got, somebody had put new pipes on it that were super loud. Like, And it wasn't a nice loud. It was, like you say, crackling. And you can get baffles. So I had baffles installed that took the sound down by 60%. Uh, it can be done. Yeah, because it's an aftermarket thing, right? Yes. You can have them made louder aftermarket. I yes. don't know. You can imagine. Added to the things that I don't get, but I just don't agree. It's all part of, in my mind, civility. And when we come back, where it fell down in the ballpark. Part of your time back in Ontario included a trip to the old ball game. Oh, we were so lucky, Lisa. My gosh. In addition to that perfect weather and the Rogers Center being open, we went to game two, which was bobblehead giveaway night. And I saw you you, you oh, got lucky. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Kiermaier, Kevin Kiermaier, he's the one I'd like to get lucky with, but that's they're all so young now, Lisa. It's just not fair. <laughs> I mean, take him under my wing. Um, I was so panicked that when we were lined up with the thousands and thousands to get these bobbleheads, and of course, I've got Colin who desperately wanted one and his sister and dad and mom, big Blue Jays fans, love the bobblehead. So I'm in the throng, I'm in the lineup, and people have been there for hours. And my heart rate, I looked at my watch, it was 122 beats per minute. I was in full-on panic mode. I didn't know what I was going to do if I didn't get these. So I got them. (laughs) We got down to our seats, and they were a gift from a friend. It just happened that he had tickets for the night that we were going to be there. And we got to our row. Okay, great. We've got pretty good sight lines. You had to crick your neck to look at home plate. That's not bad, not bad. And Mm -hmm. we found something has changed in baseball stadium etiquette in Toronto. I don't know when this happened. And again, I'm going to sound like I'm complaining, and I don't want to, but... They ushers who would stop you at the top of the aisle while play was happening have stopped doing that. Everybody is up and down, up and down, which is fine. Go get your drink and your hot dog. I don't care. I'm not judging you. But it's that they want to get back in their row. Everybody has to stand up. Right. And we missed at least two hit balls because the whole row in front of us had to stand up for these doofuses who had to go and get their drink on or whatever. And it was like Rob said to the guy, can you not wait till the play is over? He completely ignored him. He was stoned anyway. He was sitting there vaping in the open stadium, (sighs) vaping, and it was cannabis. And the guys were selling beer or standing looking right at him, the usher at the bottom of the row, and nothing. It says expressly at the beginning of the game, no vaping, no smoking, no whatever. But no, he was doing that. Okay, so there are no rules. You come and go as you please. You stand up. You have to stand up right in the middle of the play. It's just a common etiquette, courtesy, whatever you want to call it thing. And it didn't ruin our experience. It was an awesome game. They tied it in the ninth and then won it in the tenth. Spoiler alert in case you were taping a game a week ago. But (laughs) it was just so frustrating. Stop it. People can't see. Yeah. And I feel the same way about concerts. People stand on their chairs and then I'm, you know, trying to get a little glimpse of whoever's on stage. That's kind of ruined them for me. It's almost like a free-for-all, being at home and watching things from home and doing whatever you want, scratching where you want, getting up when you want, whatever, uh, has uh, has just come into the public 
Frey, you, I thought we were going to get a little more civilized after the pandemic as a species, but we seem there's an element of selfishness that seems to come in instead of thinking, okay, this isn't right at this moment for the group. It's almost like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to me if I want to do this? And you can't do anything, right? No, you can't. They've also changed something. They fixed something that didn't need fixing, and that is the scoreboard. Now, of course, there are bars, and, you know, it's fun in between the innings. They've got the camera on, people dancing, and the girls doing their thing, and, and everything going on at the bars and various places. And that's terrific. If that's the way you want to watch the game, great. Have fun. But the scoreboard has changed They've got these inane stats on the board, like the on-base slugging percentage. And that matters, I'm sure, to somebody who's gambling or somebody who's a total, you know, money ball freak. Right. But we couldn't figure out if somebody's up, okay, what did Kevin Kiermeyer do the last time he was up? Didn't say anywhere. I was sitting next to a guy who was watching the Raptors game on his phone and watching them lose, come from behind, tragic win for the Bulls. And so we got into the extra at the 10th inning and he goes, uh, well, what happened in the ninth? And I said, well, we tied it and now we're in the 10th. He said, no, this is the ninth. And I said, no, it's the 10th. Nowhere on the board did they have a 10 up there because they had somehow with all of the geekorama numbers on the board, <gasps> there was no 10th inning there. It was so hard to figure stuff out. And you're looking at this board, which is the exact opposite of the stadium where the action is happening at the plate, and we missed plays. It was stupid. Oh, my goodness. You know, it. you get so much information when you watch on TV, yes. right? And then you're, you're there live. We found that with a NASCAR race, not to compare NASCAR to baseball, but we found that with a NASCAR race that going live was nowhere near as good as watching it on TV. Isn't that wild? Because that's the way we came away from the game. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was so fantastic to scream when they tied it in the ninth and be there for the tenth and see what goes on between innings. But you know what? It's almost so much easier to watch it from home. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Because going to the game is supposed to be an exciting time and blah, you know, you're seeing them play live and having a hot dog or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about the comfort of the TV and seeing everything on screen at once. <laughs> I don't know what that says about what's happened to us, though. I don't know either. And it's expensive. It is. Unless you do take the nosebleeds or go out to one of the social areas that makes it more affordable. It's darned expensive to go to the game. So, you know, don't ruin our experience. Yeah. We don't get out that often. Yeah. <laughs> For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Well, now that we can take the peanuts and Cracker Jack out of our teeth and call it a day, Miss Lisa, I'm so sorry we didn't get together when I was in Southern Ontario this past week, but you were sure on our minds. I was with my former radio partner, Mike Cooper, and our producer, Ian MacArthur, and we talked about you, as I mentioned, and everybody's really happy that we have this connection, and I'm so grateful for it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I knew I wasn't going to see you this time. And, you know, I was just in Maui with you. So I feel I got the better of the deal. So there you go. Well, good. 
I would love to see Mikey sometime myself. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Well, I did a journal on Monday and there was a video of him there. Everybody can see how he's doing. And uh, as for seeing him in person. Oh, he looks great. Yeah. You'll see him in person, Lisa. I know that you will. Yeah. In the meantime, I wished that I had traveled with my Envy pillow. I didn't. And I can't even tell you how often I said, I miss my Envy pillow. So thanks to them. I'm just so glad to have them sponsoring gracefully and frankly. I was looking at some of the reviews at EnvyPillow.com and people are being helped not only with their neck issues or just getting a more comfortable sleep, but also TMJ, jaw pain. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that the Envy Pillow is the preferred pillow for CPAP users. If you happen to have sleep apnea and you've got the machine, which is what I might be facing, only 8% of us are natural back sleepers. So you move around with this rig on you. If you don't have an Envy pillow, you wake up with the corrugated cardboard looking cheek from the hose and all of these things. So a CPAP and an Envy pillow go together naturally. And it makes absolute perfect sense when you think about it. And just for pure comfort and the lack of bacteria that pillows get because of the copper infusion, Envy Pillow is the way to go. We uh, we love them and we're so happy they're part of this podcast. And they're happy too because if you go to EnvyPillow.com and use the code GF, you'll get 10% off. So there. Sweet. All right. Take care, my friend, and we'll talk again next week, okay? You betcha. 